14 and 12. Luke 14 and 12. Uh, we're on top of the mountain right now. So we're not going to go back down to the bottom and climb back up. We're just going to stay on top for the rest of this service. Luke 14 and 12. Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest a dinner or a supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed. For they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. A certain man made a great supper and bade many. Can you say many? And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they with all, all with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must need go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And this one's always been funny to me. And another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. I want to preach to you tonight, God loves a full house. God loves a full house. Would you lift your hands right now? Ask him to help us tonight, to talk to us, to move, to speak to us. Go ahead, right now. Unify us in the spirit tonight, Lord. God bless you, you can be seated. God is not in the business of delivering people that play perfect because there is no opportunity for deliverance 
in the busy schedule of perfect people. Perfect people have no room for God in their fortress built on self. God is in the business of delivering honest, flawed, dirty, broken, weak, sinful, and imperfect people. Regardless of what's going wrong in your world, when you get to church, don't make excuses. And better yet, don't make excuses and refuse to come to church. Instead of making excuses to not come to church, and if you do make it, making an excuse to not respond, make an excuse to everybody else who's trying to keep you from coming. Say, I got to get to church on Sunday night. I got to get to church on Sunday morning. I've got to make it to the prayer room. I've got to make it to pre-service prayer. I have to make it to Tuesday night prayer and even Thursday night church. I'm unwilling to make excuses as to why I cannot come to church because I have enough wisdom to know that there's no excuse good enough. There's no excuse that fits when it comes to making excuses for missing church. Now there are tragedies that come, but tragedies are not excuses. They're tragedies. I'm referring to the little distractions, the little things that keep people out of the house of God, maybe even falling somewhere between Thursday night and Sunday morning flat on your face and come Sunday, if you do make it, you don't worship and pray the way that you usually do. And you make an excuse, I've been through something. I've had this show up in my world. I can't worship God because I've sinned this week. Well, you're in a good place tonight because this isn't a room full of perfect people. The Lord has not showed up to deliver perfect people tonight. And he has not showed up to minister to perfect people. But rather the Lord has showed up to minister to you. And no matter what's going on in your world, what you've done wrong, what you're facing, what you're up against, I'm glad that you didn't make any excuse when it came church time. I'm glad that you decided to come on in. I'm glad that you made up your mind to come on in to the house of God. You cannot afford to buy into excuses. I, I don't have enough spiritual currency to purchase excuses. I don't have enough days in life to spend my days giving excuses on why I can't live for God. And it's just too hard for me to dress like that. And it's too hard for me to be at church every service. And there's no way I can ever make it to the prayer room. It's not possible that God could fill me with the Holy Ghost. If you would just ever shed yourself of those excuses, you would see that with God, with God, with, with God, all, say all, all things 
are possible. You've got to ignore the shame. You've got to ignore the guilt and just come to church and worship anyway. Somebody ought to worship him right now, right wherever you're at. I don't have an excuse good enough to not clap my hands. I don't have an excuse good enough to not worship. I don't have an excuse good enough to not get in the Holy Ghost. He's done too much for me. And he's done so much for me that I can't even begin to tell it all. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Just in time. I gotta come to the house of God so that I can see the miracles he's gonna do tonight. I gotta come to the house of God so that I can see who he's gonna heal and deliver tonight. And most of all, I gotta get here because God loves a full house. God loves a full house. Wouldn't it be a shame to build a house and nobody wanna live there? That's what it's like when you miss church. Show God that you don't appreciate what he built you and that you don't appreciate who helped build it and you don't appreciate who gave in the building fund. It's to come and shake your fist in the face of every sacrificial giver and say, I don't mind missing church. I've got so many excuses that you don't even have time to hear them all. Oh, shed your excuses tonight. Embrace faithfulness. Embrace sacrificial giving. I feel that in the spirit tonight. Embrace God raising you up as a giver to end time revival. Whether it be your time, whether it be your finances, whether it be your energy, I have made up my mind that I'm coming into the house of God and I'm gonna give him a sacrifice of praise before this service is over with. I don't have an excuse good enough to miss church. I don't have an excuse good enough to leave early. I've got to come to the house of God and worship him. The Lord's not moving tonight in Beverly Hills. He sure ain't moving in the White House. There ain't nothing moving in the White House. Not even brain cells. He's not moving in Beverly Hills. He's not moving at the White House. He's moving in this house. This house. This house. And you showed up tonight because he's moving in this house. You didn't go to the church down the road because he's moving in this house. God put you here because he's moving in this house. And if you'll get with him while he moves in this house, before you leave, he'll move in your house. I'm at church because I need him to move in my house. He's moving in a house full of imperfect people. He's moving in a house full of flawed people, people that have been sinful, people that have messed up, not perfect, flawed.
involved. He operates in the places where imperfections are present. And Paul said that his strength would be made perfect in your weakness. He don't need you to be perfect. He'll come be perfect for you. He don't need you to play pretty. He'll come be perfect for you. If you'll just get to the house of God with your imperfection and your less than perfect life full of issues, he'll make your his strength perfect in your weakness and reveal his glory in your life. Why don't you love him for 30 seconds? Lord, if you're less than perfect with issues in your life, you walked into the right house. If you got cancer in your body, if you got sickness in your body, if you've got disease in your body, if you've been addicted to pornography, if you've slept around and done things you shouldn't have done, if you've been drinking, if you've been smoking, if you've been cussing, if your marriage is falling apart, if you're not pure in your heart, you walked into the right house. He's not worried about what you've done wrong. He's not worried about what you said wrong, what you drank, what you smoked, what you watched. He wants you to come into his house so that he can set you free and deliver you of everything you've done wrong. We're in here tonight and it's gotten to the point that it's uncomfortable. I looked around while standing on this platform if we did not have these four rows of pews that are on the floor, if we did not have these chairs that are on the floor, if they didn't keep the choir on the platform and they hadn't moved the pews so close that you can't hardly walk in between them any longer, if, if that had not happened, we would have plenty, uh, plenty of excuses of why to not come to church because there would be people that were having to stand everywhere. But I'm here to tell you that's not even a good enough excuse to not come to church. Because God loves, God loves a full house. If I got to stand on the wall, I'll stand on the wall. If I got to dance up and down the aisle because there's nowhere to sit, that's what I'll do. If I got to sit in the balcony, I'll sit in the balcony. If I got to jump up on the platform and stand the whole service, that's what I'll do. If I got to stand in the foyer until something else happens to where I can have a seat, I won't complain. And while a big crowd may make me nervous and a big crowd may make you nervous crowds do not make God nervous while your sin may make me nervous while your issues might make me nervous sinful people and the issues in your life do not make God nervous God says mistakes don't make me nervous your problems don't make me nervous come on into my house if you're blind, if you're maimed, if you're halt, if you're on your fifth marriage, come on in to my house. Amen. It's amazing that after he brings in the maimed and the halt and the lame and the blind and he feeds them, he says that's still not enough. 
Wait a minute, God. The table was full. Yeah, but the house, the house isn't full. Brother Frederick, the pews are full. The chairs are full. The balcony's just about full. Yeah, but the house, the house isn't full. Somebody's got to get a hold of this right now. Could we close revival tonight and say that we've had a good revival? Yes, but God wants a full house. Could we stop tonight and say, Brother Frederick, we've had a, over a hundred soul revival. We've had people getting baptized in Jesus' name. We've had churches where the very pastors of the churches were converted and, and they're baptizing in Jesus' name and those pastors got the Holy Ghost and members in their church were baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost. Don't you think that's good enough to just build a monument and look back on it and shout over it later? No, no, no. Not as long as there's one more person lost. If there's one person lost, the house isn't full yet. If there's one more person going to hell, the house isn't full yet. I've come to stir up a burden in somebody. I've come to stir you up to teach a Bible study. I've come to stir you up to lay hands on the sick when you're at work and be willing to look crazy at times. I've come to stir somebody up to walk in the spirit because we've got to get this house full. There are people going to hell tonight. There are people going to hell this week we've got to interrupt their trip to hell and get them into the house of God there are people on suicide watch there are people ready to end their life we got to get them into the house of God with their issues with their suicide with their problems and the Lord will make his strength perfect in their weakness he loves a full house How full, Brother Frederick? Shoulder to shoulder. What you mean, shoulder to shoulder? I mean what I say. What are we going to put another pew? I don't really care. What are we going to put another chair? Don't really make no difference to me. They could put them all around me and I'll stand still. You can build me a cage to keep me from following the Spirit and seeing what's going on in your world. <laughs> that's all right if we got to stand them back here by the piano if we've got to open up the foyer doors and we got to put speakers inside the staircases I'm trying to stretch somebody's mind tonight beyond anywhere it's ever been and I got to ask you just how bad do you want revival do you want revival at the expense of selling out your comfort zone I'm telling you there's more than what we've had there's more coming than what we've seen I'm willing to stand if I gotta stand I'm willing to stand against the wall on the side, the back or the front I'm willing to stand in the staircase I'm willing to open up the doors and step down the sides and have to put speakers down the, down the hallways I'm willing to have to put speakers in the basement and the fellowship hall and let them hear somebody preach and sing and we have altar work 
workers in the fellowship hall. I'm not speaking crazy things tonight. I was in a revival one time where we had people getting the Holy Ghost in the church and we had people downstairs getting the Holy Ghost in the fellowship hall. I'm telling you, if we'll be willing to do whatever it takes to fill his house, he'll fill his house with his glory. He'll fill his house with his glory. I'm afraid sometimes we reach for the wrong people. I like how the scripture addressed it and no offense to you reaching your family. But it knew that the first thing people do is reach for their family and then don't try to reach nobody else. And they're willing to let their neighborhood go to hell until their family member comes to an altar. They don't have a burden for nobody except their third cousin. Gotta get him to church. You've been trying to get him to church for 30 years. And he's been telling you no 30 times a week for 30 years. He may come or he may not come, but don't let your whole world go to hell waiting on one man. I done got somebody offended and worked up and you done got mad now and that's all right because God's gonna fill this house with or without you. Whether you do it or you don't do it, somebody in this house is gonna do it. Somebody in this house is gonna bring people in. No offense to trying to reach your family, reach for them. But if they say no, go reach for somebody else. And if they say no, go reach for somebody else. Don't stop reaching until you get a yes. We've got to make sure that this house is full. He said when those you reach for first say no, give out the call to those that'll say yes. I'm sending a call out of this church tonight that says we're looking for somebody that that'll say yes. We're looking for men. We're looking for women. We're looking for broken individuals that they don't feel like there's any value in their world. We're going to have a prayer meeting every day this week and the chains are going to come off of them and we're going to go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come because God loves a full house. One revival, preaching a service. A man, demonically possessed man, had a hat on his head, his hair's coming out the side underneath the hat. That man got up in the middle of preaching, began to run down that center aisle. And when he got to the front, he was like a wild animal. He went to the right, and then he went back to the left, he turned around and he just looked. Something in him was crying out for help. I said, all of you men, get to him as fast as you can. I didn't, I didn't want to shut the service down. I was still trying to reach for some people in the pews. That man, a week prior, had held a pistol to his girlfriend's head and said, I will blow your brains out. She came and got the Holy Ghost. Got baptized in Jesus' name. I know this story good because she's my cousin. She came and got the Holy Ghost and got baptized in Jesus' name. 
her little girls got the Holy Ghost, got baptized in Jesus' name, if I'm, if I'm not missing it. And finally, here he comes. He's come down that center aisle. I don't know all the story as of yet. I go to him, spirits start coming out of him. And before it was over with, he was down on his knees, weeping and crying and repenting, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost, baptized him in Jesus' name. He wasn't perfect, Brother Frederick. No, he wasn't. He was just hungry. He was just desperate. He just had trouble in his life. He had the enemy ready to take his girlfriend out of this world. He had the enemy ready to send him to prison. But God said, I'm just getting started with him. I got to get him into this house. I got to get him with his blindness, with his lameness, with his haltness with his issues, with his, his tendencies. I've got to get him into this house. Man, after he got the Holy Ghost, I find out that on the way to church that day, them spirits were so pulling on him that he looked at his girlfriend and said, let me out on the side of the road. I'll wait on the side of the road for you to come get me after church. And she said, no. They, they drove two hours to church that day, about 90 miles or so, or 100 miles. And she drove past the gas station and he said, let me out at that gas station. You can come pick me up there after church. She said, oh no. Not after what you did last week. We going all the way to the house of God. They finally made it into Sebastopol. He said, let me out there. And she said, no, you're going into the house of God. They made it into the church parking lot. He said, leave me in the car. She said, nope, you're going into the house of God. He came into the church. He said, let me stay in the foyer. She said, nope, you're coming into the church. He walked in and he sat down. He was fidgeting and moving the whole time. But then when the Holy Ghost finally got on that man that that woman brought to church, Murder was not in his mind any longer. Demonic spirits were not in his soul any They were not inside of his body any longer. And the Lord saying today, if you'll bring them and fill my house, I'll fill their spirit with the Holy Ghost. I'll fill their body with the Holy Ghost. If you'll fill my house, I'll fill that house. The Bible said in Isaiah 43 and 5, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. Somebody say, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him Yea, I have made him bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. If we could unify in the spirit tonight and allow this verse to become a prophetic utterance in this church, I wonder if somebody would say, give up north, give up south, give up east, give up west. And now I wonder if you would exercise authority in the Holy Ghost. Start calling somebody by name and say, as of tonight, I'm loosing you of everything that's got you bound, that is 
kept you from coming into this full house. As of tonight, I do lose my family. As of tonight, I do lose my friends. As of tonight, I lose everybody that I come in contact with. I've got to get the house of God full. I've got to get this church full. Wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm, hand to hand. I've got to fill up the house of God so that God can make somebody a temple of the Holy Ghost. Who art thou, O great mountain? Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. How? He said how? Not by might, nor by power. How is this revival going to happen, Brother Frederick? Not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And I like that he didn't just say, what, what art thou, O great mountain? He said, who? There's a spiritual war going on. He said, who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings. Crying grace, grace unto it. If I could let a double portion of grace come into my life, everything that has resisted you, everything that has risen up against you, grace can flatten the trouble in your life. It can lay the mountains down flat. If you'll go to war in the spirit, who is that situation standing before the church of the Most High God? Who is that situation keeping this revival from breaking out and going into that next level? I'm asking God to reveal it to us tonight. Who even are you to think you can defy the people of God? Who even are you to think you can defy the dreams and the prophecies of the men that have come through this pulpit and the prayers of the saints and the elders that have been in this church? Who even are you, mountain you're gonna be flat tonight tonight who are you to think you'll get in the heads of the people in this church and tell them they can't pay for the next level I don't call people stupid from behind the pulpit but well, that's a stupid devil to think he's going to scare us. No, that's a stupid devil to think he's going to make people believe that this church won't be able to handle the note. Yeah, it's got some of you bound up right now. And I've come to flatten that mountain down tonight because God loves a full house. We got to get this house full. What do we do, Brother Frederick? When it's shoulder to shoulder. No more walls to knock out. No more doors to take off the hinges. No more foyer. All this stuff 
that you're saying should happen before we, we quit pushing for everything God's doing? And before we get in our next building, what, what should we do, Brother Frederick? What they do in the book of Mark? Said it was noise in Capernaum that he was in the house. And they walked up to the doors. And it was shoulder to shoulder. I, I'm trying to get something so big to break into this room. They walked in. There was nowhere to stand. There was nowhere to sit. There was nowhere to kneel. There wasn't nowhere to put any more chairs or any more pews. There was no balcony. No more room. But desperation made a way. Oh, you got to hear that tonight. Desperation said, I don't have an excuse for not getting in this house. <laughs> as long as there's one lame man on the streets of this world, I got to get him in the house. So what did they do? They climbed up on the roof. Cut a hole in the ceiling. They tied ropes. And they let him down. That's the best let down in scripture. They let him down from the ceiling. Can you imagine? These people already got a packed out building. They're not renovating by knocking out walls. They're renovating by lifting the ceiling off. I wish we could do that with our expectation tonight. I wish we could cut a hole in the ceiling of expectation and tear it off so that we could let the lame man down, let the blind man down, let the man that's been married in multiple times, let the prostitute down, let those with addictions down because God loves a full house. He's on his way down. Woo. I'm telling you, when somebody's hungry for a miracle, it may be packed out on the floor, but if you can hang somebody from the ceiling, the Lord will still give somebody a miracle. Oh, I want to stretch somebody's mind tonight. I want to stretch somebody's faith to where you say, you know what, there's no more room on my pew, but there's room somewhere in this building. As long as there's one more hungry man, as long as there's one more hungry lady desperate to be changed by God, I'll bring them into this place because God wants his house full. You can come to the music. Come to the music. The Bible said in Chronicles that the priests were giving thanksgiving and praise at such a level that the glory of God filled the house to where they could no longer stand to minister. I wish tonight that we could so fill this house with praise and worship and expectation that somebody would see a glory cloud fill this house. Listen, God don't just want this house full for the sake of having bodies. 
He wants it full for the sake of heaven's souls. He doesn't just want people full, or this church here full tonight, Johnny, so that people can leave empty. He wants the house full so people can leave full. And if you came to this full house tonight because it was the will of God for his house to be full, you've got to wake up to the realization that the will of God is also that before you leave, you're full. I've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. I've got to be full of the power of God. <clears throat> Fill me with faith, Lord. Stand right now across this house. Fill me with expectation. Fill me with your glory. Fill me with visions and dreams of what you're about to do in my church, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your purpose and with your will. Fill me, Lord, with a passion for end time revival. Fill me, Lord. Reach over and grab somebody right now praying. Lord, fill me so that I can help see others filled. Fill me so that I can see this house filled. Fill me so that I can see somebody be filled and become a temple of the Holy Ghost as you fill their house. Fill my house with revival, Lord. Fill the home that I live in with moves of the Spirit. Angels walking up and down the halls of my house. Fill my house, Lord, with hungry people so that I can bring them into your house. Let's lift our voice right now. Don't let me leave this full house empty, Lord. Don't let me leave church empty tonight, Lord. I got to get full. Woo, you got to renew me tonight. Obey the Holy Ghost, somebody. I feel something breaking in the arena of faith and expectation right now. <laughs>